0: hello and welcome to the soulful valley podcast if you're a regular listener thank you for listening and supporting this podcast if you're new here and don't know me yet i'm your host katie carey independent publisher of books that matter and an international best-selling author and of course the host of this globally ranked podcast i help metaphysical coaches and healers gain confidence clarity raise their visibility and their credibility giving them the opportunity to shine their light brighter so that the people they are here to serve can find them. I do this by creating opportunities for them to become best-selling authors in my multi-author and solo book projects. I also offer one-to-one mentorship services to help spiritual business owners find and unlock their limiting beliefs. In this podcast, I'll be sharing wisdom from myself, coaches, authors and energy healers that could be just what you need to transform your life today. You can connect with me via the contact Katie button at my website at www.soulfulvalley.com Hello and welcome back. To the Soulful Valley Podcast, where I'm coming to you with series 11. And this week happens to be the third birthday of this podcast. So I've got a very special series for you this time around. And the whole series is called The Energy of Money. Now, some of you may have been listening the whole time that I've been producing this podcast, and you'll probably have realized that one of the biggest hurdles that I had to overcome was money blocks. (laughs) So I dug deep into all kinds of modalities, healing modalities, and I found lots of answers. And what I wanted to do for this series was share some conversations with you about the energy of money with people who have also overcome these and have now built spiritual businesses that bring in six seven and more figures of income now of course that's through their business that is not what the individual is actually bringing in personally for themselves but the point of building a spiritual business is to create wealth for yourself your family your community and to create an impact that you couldn't do with a business that brings in very little income or no income at all. With no income at all, you don't actually have a business. You really have probably an expensive hobby. So I wanted to bring in some answers for those of you listening, who are in this for the long game, who want to increase the finances that roll into your business so that you can create more of an impact out there in your communities, whether that be locally, to you or online. So sit back, get a notepad and a pen, take some notes and just open up your heart and listen and enjoy this next series. I'd also like to thank you for all of your support with our recent book launch, Evolving on Purpose Co creating with the Divine, which made number one bestseller again in several marketplaces around the world and next month we're releasing the second book of the series of soulful poems where i have brought poets from around the world to help you to heal and grow from within you can look out for that one on the 27th of november we also have one more opportunity to collaborate with us in a multi-author book. This one's called, Becoming the Manifesting Diva, Creating Ripples While You Flow. We currently have nine authors writing their chapters. And so we have several spaces left. If you'd love to take part in this, we'll be launching it early next year. Just come and find me at soulfulvalley.com where you'll find the details and an application form. And if you're interested in joining our third Soulful Poems collaboration, email me at soulfulvalleypodcast at gmail.com and in the subject line, type Soulful Poems waitlist and I'll let you know when we put the application out again for that. Now, on with the episode that you came to listen to. Helen Adams is the leader of a growing global movement called the Female Business Revolution, whose aim is to empower women all around the globe to step into their financial sovereignty. She works with women entrepreneurs and helps them quickly identify and clear their money blocks so they can open up to the income they desire and deserve. After a rollercoaster relationship with money, which lasted almost four decades, Helen realized that discovering her truth Opening up to her intuition and taking inspired action was the way forward. She is passionate about showing women how to ditch their conditioning around money and learn to take back control. Helen is based in Manchester and will shortly be releasing her new book, Feel and Grow Rich. Hello and welcome to the Soulful
1: Valley podcast, Helen. Hi Katie, thank you so much for having me and hi viewers, thank you for listening in. It's
0: great to have you, Helen. We've wanted to get together for a long time. I think
1: you've been around me way before COVID. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's it's, it's been like years, hasn't it? But we've never sort of had that coming together. And now after all this time, you know, it's so good to be here with you, sitting down and um, exchanging ideas and having a fun conversation. So, Yeah. yeah. And like... I feel like we've been on a similar
0: journey as well, a similar path, mm-hmm. because yeah. of the kinds of places we've shown up and landed together. And then I felt like we've really supported each other's content on Facebook. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. And I have I felt like we've been on the same wavelength. So yeah, I really, really wanted to speak to you in this conversation in our new ser- series about the energy of money. Mm -hmm. So before we
1: begin, Helen, would you like to just introduce yourself to our listeners? Yeah, sure. So I am Helen Adams, and I am growing a global movement, which is called the Female Business Revolution. And the Female Business Revolution is all about getting women just like you who are listening to um, smash those money blocks, really examine where these money blocks are coming from, and be able to clear them fast and easily so that you actually step into your financial sovereignty and live the life the first class life that is your truth the life that you desire which is ultimately your truth so that you're going out there with ease and flow you're making the money that you want to make you're making the impact that you want to make and at the same time you are enjoying that first class life that's your birthright. so way way back because, as you can see, I've been round the clock quite a bit. As I have too. (laughs) uh Aha, yeah, but do you know what? We've got all the wisdom and everything. We have now, we have now. And the the battle scars as well. Yeah, yeah. So, way, way back, um, my first experience, when I was six years old, I was growing up in a home where I was an only child, and my mum was a teacher and my dad was a headmaster. And I basically had no When it came to things like freedom and blazing your own trail, I had no chance. So they were like, you've got to do the nine to five route. You've got to go through, you know, all the steps, all the logical steps that everybody else around you is doing. You can't do something on your own or be something on your own. And I felt that from a young age, I could never be what I wanted to be. I had that sense of that. But at the same time, I have this knowing deep down inside that one day I would leave all that behind me and I'd go out there and I'd blaze my own trail. And I also always remember when I was six years old, I used to fall asleep at night and I'd have this dream where I'd be walking onto a stage. I didn't know if I was talking or singing or what I was doing, but I was walking onto a stage and I could hear all this applause and cheering. And I thought, yeah, that's amazing. That's me. So when I was 13 years old, I went and said to mum and dad "Um, I really want to go to stage school I don't want to go to this school anymore would you let me go it's what I really really want and they sort of looked at me like I had two heads Yeah. oh no darling you can't do that acting's not a secure career you've got to do your studies go to uni get a 9 to 5 job and that's you sorted for life and I'm sure how many of your listeners out there had that said to them at some point there's so many isn't that so now i see why you're here because
0: i don't know if you know my story way back to childhood but as a five i I used to be an actress so as a five-year-old i'd already made the decision because my dad had lost his job he was sick so yeah we were very poor there was a lot of trouble going on in our household Mm
1: -hmm. but i'd
0: already decided as a five-year-old i was going to be and a Hollywood actress, a Hollywood yes. superstar, a musical Ooh. actress. And I started performing to children in the playground at the age of five gathering crowds. So by the time I was 14, I was on television. I was starring in a radio play. I was doing all the things. But by the time I got to 18, yeah, I was given the, well, I was told you need to go and get a real job you've got to pay board and lodgings you know acting as you know we haven't got the money and it did come to the point where we didn't have the money for me to go auditioning all yeah. over the country anymore so i had to choose the job Mm-hmm. and and then i met who i would go on to marry the, the first husband and i have my three children so in a sense i have zero regrets for the way it did go because of you know the family i now have in my life yeah but it took decades for me to tap back into my, the true me, the true version of me.
1: Yeah, it's not, I can see so many parallels there as well. Yeah, because I went off to uni, I married my son's dad, I had my son, and yet my son is the most precious thing in my life. And yet, just like you, the way that it turned out, the journey that I had to go on, I would never change that. Yeah. But like you, it was only up almost until my 50s that I really got this sense of, you know, the truth, by truth, what i meant to be doing and not following all these society rules and brainwashing that we've had to overcome over so many years, particularly as women. Absolutely, as women, yeah.
0: Um, my journey, you know, was was basically revolving around the men in my life. So the first husband, he was a soldier, yeah. Uh, so I ended up traveling and I had, I just had to go with whatever was <laughs> handed yeah. to me at the time. Because we didn't have a lot of choices back then anyway, did we? We didn't have the the online options that people have today. No.
1: So, so who was Helen in her twenties then? So Helen in her twenties, hmm. uh, she got married. Yeah. So what I tried to do, I was sort of um, rebellious, but in a funny way so i jumped out of something and into something but it was all good experience so when i was 20 years old i met my son's dad and my ho- my whole family hated him and right. um, because like he was from a different culture and they thought oh you're gonna be a pre- all this rubbish so i said no i'm gonna marry this guy and they didn't want me to do it but i went ahead and did it hmm. so um we were sort of getting together and he came over here and um I was getting used to his ways, but he was. Get, we were sort of morphing together. He was getting used to my ways as well, so it wasn't all one-way traffic. It was difficult at the beginning, but then it sort of opened up. But then, when um, when I had my son, I was I was over the moon. But I had this really bad depression. I was crying all day, and um, I didn't want to do anything. I was hardly getting through a day, so. um We went away for a few weeks. And then when I came back, um, he started cheating on me. And this Julian was only eight months old at the time when that happened. And it was a big shock for me. But even, I, I was really proud of myself because even then I could have overlooked it, but I said, no, you know, trust is a big thing for me. If I can't trust him now, I'm never gonna trust him. So we ended up breaking up. So by the time I was 28 then, there was just me and my son. And I used to sit there and I used to look at him and I used to say, do you know what, son? There's just me and you now. We're gonna do something really special. So um, I ended up going to my second love, which was teaching. So I taught then for quite a few years after that, um, music and French. And I always remember the very, very best job that I had was the last teaching job. And it was one teacher for all the school as a music teacher. Mm-hmm. So I'd have each group of children and then I'd have like the private ones who would come to me for extra lessons. And um, when I got to the school, there was no school orchestra. So I thought, right, I'm going to make one. So I had, in the first year, there were two violins, two recorders, a drum and a tambourine. And then by the final year, when I left there, which was three years later, we had ten violins, three flutes, three clarinets, a drum, a xylophone, a cello and a triangle. And we put them into the school competition and they won the silver medal on their first go, And that was one of my little... So when people talk about what were your best achievements, I always have that orchestra up there as one of the top three. And it was absolutely lovely working with them. Because, you know, kids like to talk on a break time, go out and have fun with their friends. On a Friday break time, there'd be a queue at the music room. They'd all be waiting with their instruments. And I really loved teaching those. There was such a good energy off them. And I really loved teaching them. And I remember on that um, competition, the judge wrote on the notes every child on this stage looked like they were enjoying themselves. And that was a big thing for me. And there's a reason that I'm beaming across my face, listening
0: to you, because it was, it was the music teachers and the drama teachers that opened up doors to this, a reality for me that I could perform. I used to play the flutes and I used to sing in the choir, and then I was in all the shows and and there was one particular music teacher who really um, helped me when I was in the sixth form. Mm -hmm. Teachers wouldn't even be allowed to do this now. (laughs) No. But she, I used to babysit for her some weekends. And when I wasn't babysitting for her, she would say I was babysitting for her just to... so I could stay there and get me out of the house because she knew that, you know, there was... I never told her what was going on. No. She had an intuitive... Yeah. She she felt it. Yes. She was very, very special to me. And, and so when you're talking about how, how much you loved music and I doubt that you realize the true impact that you probably made on those children. Yeah. For, for well, the rest of their lives.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's, it's really funny though, because one of them, who was one of my violinists, she still follows me on Facebook yeah. and now she's a, a local singer in her local area and she does music therapy with children. So that is proof that, you know, you you don't have to lose your dream. No, She did it, she carried on and she did it. And I'm still connected
0: to my drama teachers. Mm -hmm. Sadly, my music teachers have passed away now, but you know, Mm -hmm. I say that, but there's plenty of people I call on in spirit to support me. Yeah. I have this wonderful spirit team and I've got such fond memories of, of those people. Now, Helen, I invited you on today because I wanted to talk about the energy of money Mm -hmm. and your mission is to change the way females, um, well, to change their perception around money and and how they can create it. So Mm -hmm. I've got a few questions that I'd like to ask you. Now, I know this podcast, I don't normally ask, you know, thought out questions but for this topic Mm i thought it was important to go really deep yeah definitely and it's wonderful that it's turned out that you're my first guest on the series because i've had to change what i was doing last week so i i see that as you know synchronicity Synchronicity. (laughs) yeah and we'll talk about that topic later yes so the first thing i'd like to ask you is Mm What inspired you to combine spirituality and entrepreneurship in your work?
1: So, Katie, it was this um, realisation, this sort of awakening that I got, sort of near the end of my 40s, when, as we touched on it a bit ago, I was coming out of that, you know, societal conditioning way of being on that hamster wheel to start getting these insights into what I really, who I really was. And what I was here to do. So um, intu- when you start opening up to your intuition, even if it's unconsciously, you start getting these little whispers, don't you? These little right. thoughts. And, you know, you think, oh, you're here to do this. And then sometimes people just brush it off. But then it comes again. Oh, you're here to do such a thing. Or you might be in this situation where, um, you know, it's conducive to the path that you're going to take. And at the time, you don't realise it, and then but you just have an instinct, you know, you you know that you need to be there doing that particular thing, and sometimes you do things and they don't even make any sense, but it's just this sort of knowing that keeps you going, and when that happens once, and then when it happens a few times, you start to think, ah right, well this is the way things should be, instead of like being conditioned and listening to what other people are doing it makes more sense to do it this way. And the thing that helps you as well, the thing that really helped me is sensing the energy in my body, feeling the energy in my body. Because when you feel the energy in your body and it feels flowing and it feels, you get that glow, that nice tingle throughout your body, that shows it's your truth. And if there are people listening out there, I want you to know this, when you're telling that i'll show you how the two things correlate with each other okay. when you're telling the truth about something whatever that is there's no conflict in your body there's no twinges there's no funny energy it's just a constant flow all the way through and you feel strong in the fact that you were saying something that you believe to be true when you get these feelings it's exactly the same feeling as you get when you are telling the truth so by that process you then know that when you've got these feelings about something that you're doing or saying or being you know that that's true you use your body to measure the truth in that and when you get used to doing that when you start doing it consciously because a lot of people don't do it it's something new they just discard it like there's so many thoughts coming in Every day, oh, my body said this, I'll oh, forget it, I'll just carry on. But no, your body is there to help you. Your body is your best friend. And if you listen to the signals it makes and you act on them, you can get to where you want to go much further. And it also is a big energy release because you're not thinking all the time what you need to be doing next. You're just feeling and following what your body says. And following on from that, Mm. when you're doing that a certain amount of times and you get these big light bulb moments and you're strong enough to act on them, you're courageous enough to act on them and you do them and they succeed, you look back and you realise that you've made a much bigger leap forward doing it that way than if you just ignored it and carried on going through the motions. And usually,
0: the result is not anything that you would have reached logically
1: (laughs) yeah exactly but when you think about it you think hey this is so much better than what i'd envisioned
0: yeah because you you made it in your mind seem like a really difficult task but Mm. when when you're tapping into your intuition it's not difficult is it it's just like the path seems to to lay out in front of you when you recognize it so yes. once you build up this intuitive muscle, yeah, it becomes an. You can recognize it. Mm-hmm. Usually, usually because a bunch of synchronicities come along. That's my experience of it. So yeah. So let's talk about synchronicities because you know you hear people mention it in the in the spiritual communities. Yeah. And sometimes it's like, oh, they get a little bit. Oh, that's the synchronicity, but. Think they're missing the bigger picture yeah can you they... speak on that
1: yeah, yeah sure so um some so you could be walking down the street and say you saw a car number plate and it adds 888 on it or whatever it was oh that's good that's a synchronicity but then you forget about it and then something else comes along and the problem is people don't piece those things together they might see one And they might think, wow, and that's great. You know, it's something to be great. Every time you see one, it's something to be grateful for. But the missing part is, they have to piece all those synchronicities together and sit down and say to themselves, you know, why am I seeing these things? What's the message? What's the bigger message? And I think added to that as well, when you see synchronicities, you have to then ask yourself the right questions. To get that jigsaw joined together, instead of just wandering about in the mire, as it were. Yeah,
0: yeah. Helen, I know I'm, 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 you know, uh, dropping this on you now, but <laughs> mm. can you give us a couple of examples of questions they might ask?
1: Yeah. So, for example, you could say, "How is this helping me get to where I want to go faster and easier?" Or it might be something saying, What's the next action step that I need to do now? You have to put in those words words like now, words like soon, words like things that, you know, don't push it away, if that makes sense, in real time as much as you can. So, yeah, um, what things can I do now? To help me what's the next step i can take now what is this trying to show me now so that you know you're having the best possible experience and um people don't people when they ask questions a lot of the time the questions are too woolly and if you're doing this exercise and you're finding yourself asking woolly questions or not getting proper answers i would say just keep digging Just dig and dig and dig and dig till you get to the bottom of it. Don't move your bum off the chair until you've dug. Go for it 100%. If you don't do things by hard, you get better results faster. And I love the way you kept bringing the word
0: now in there because Mm. what I've noticed, I was a mindfulness teacher before all of this online stuff. In fact, the reason I was online was because I was bringing my courses online. And one thing I've noticed about most successful coaches out there is I don't even know if they're doing, they know that they're doing this, but they're all using mindfulness. Yeah. Everything is about being present. Yeah. The actions that you can take in the present. So not next Monday, <laughs> next month, next year. And and I used this when I, I made a firm decision that I was going to sell my house. And I shocked everyone around me because I've been there for 21 years. So so even the estate agent came in to give me a valuation and I said, okay, let's do it. And he said, oh, I'll give you time to think about it. I said, no, (laughs) let's do it. Brilliant. (laughs) (laughs) I'm, I'm choosing to do this now. Yes. And then the house that we were looking at, well, we'd already been rejected for a house to rent that we really wanted. And I spotted the house that I'm about to be eventually when I sell my house, living in properly. Mm-hmm. And, um, <laughs> so this house had already come up during the time of the one we'd just been rejected for. My partner was a bit upset about not getting that one and mm-hmm. it disappeared. I thought someone had, had taken it, had gone. Yeah. But as soon as I decided, no, I'm putting my house up for sale now and mm-hmm. started to proceed I started to pack up boxes straight away yes. this house came back up mm-hmm. and it was at a time when we both were ready it was everything that I'd asked for in all of my things where I've written down what you know what I want <laughs> everything that I need as well because I'm, I'm disabled so there's needs that I have that that weren't there in my house that I own and And that's just, that just proves that when you're really, really brave and courageous and you know, it may be scary, it may be scary in a time where everyone's telling me that property isn't selling, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but to make that decision, the universe responded to that firm decision and put back on my path, what was meant for me. And I I knew it was meant for me because of the synchronicity I discovered after we'd been offered the house. The synchronicity was that the the road name was named after a Northamptonshire poet. I've just released a poetry book living in Northamptonshire, so there's a big synchronicity for me. So that was a firm. This is the way to go. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. You can't make that. St- when you look at that, you can't yeah. make that stuff up, can and, you? And so, it's if totally... pe-
0: no, so if people in real life situations have got these kind of things. Mm-hmm. For instance, um, dating. Yeah. Online dating. Oh, mm-hmm. that that wasn't for me. And no. I decided it was too distracting. And mm. then there, there was this day that I was talking to my son. And out of nowhere, I said, maybe I need an Alan in my life. Mm. And then that same night, I had this urge, this feeling, this intuitive thing. And I couldn't yeah. sleep. And it was, mm. go and put your profile on Facebook dating. I was like, no, I don't want to do that. It's not for me, do it. And the next morning we matched. And then ah. the synchronicities that showed up were ridiculous. So wow. his eldest son is the same name as my eldest son. His only mm. daughter has the same name as my daughter, only daughter. His son lives in the street. My son lived in when he first moved out. Oh he moved God. away from the area when I moved there there's just yeah. too many too many yeah. so it is like to me this was this is this is the universe yeah, yeah this, this is my path and, and it's proven to be the case but i think people miss these things they do in, in their not just business but life's life as, as well. well yeah and that word now it's so powerful because you're putting out there that you're making that decision yeah. yeah it's like yeah. a it's like you're showing your your authority over the situation as well your yeah. your it's um commitment yeah commitment yeah. to it not definitely. not all this dilly-dallying dithering. no because yeah. I, have, I have been like that in the past no. you now i've completely ignored my intuition and paid for it yeah <laughs> me too so it is a such an important topic
1: yeah definitely
0: are there any synchronicities that are, are big that you can remember in your life that you want to share with, or that you're able to share?
1: Yeah, I'm just trying to think now. So um, on a smaller level, I get a lot of synchronicities by, so, because I'm a musical person like you, I get a lot of messages through lines of songs and things. Mm. So I remember one time, um, just a simple example, and um, I wanted to go on this mastermind course. And I was thinking, have I got enough money to do it? And then um, I got this um, Elvis song in my, it's now on never, <laughs> yeah. So that was one of them. And then, um, yeah, when I was leaving that house, um, cause I didn't really want to leave there, but I kept getting these sort of inner, you know, conflicts going on. And I, I, I asked myself this question, what's going to happen with the house and there's what's that song by the Kooks? she moves in her own way and there's a line on there moving on to better things it says uh. and i'm like oh and that was a time i ignored trying to ignore it and then the house got repossessed so if i'd have listened to that if i'd have gone with the synchronicity, even you know even something as simple as that if i'd have gone with that synchronicity things would have been a lot easier at that point in my life. But yeah, I get a lot of it through music. I get a lot of it through looking at things and then things happening. Even on a day-to-day basis, you know, I can sort of talk about something and then somebody can be in my inbox talking about it. So, you know, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't even have to be massive. Even if you follow those small things mm. and have faith in them, then bigger things come along and grow.
0: Thank you, Helen. I just wanted to get that one in there with you because I know a lot of the things that I've noticed a lot of the things that you share are about intuition and synchronicity. And I think it's yeah. the biggest piece yes, on this definitely. journey definitely. is to be able to tune into your intuition more yeah. and more and mm. and choose that over the opinions of other people around you and your past programming when it comes in and taps you on the shoulder.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Uh, Another question I'd like to ask you is can you share any personal experiences or insights on how the energy of money has impacted your own business or financial mindset?
1: Okay, well, I've had a love-hate relation, well, not hate anymore, but over those four decades, I had this sort of love-hate relationship with money. So to start off, Um, I was, yeah, mum and dad, teacher and headmaster, but they were brought up with very traditional views on money. So it was all about you earn money and money comes by earning it. Money comes by working for someone. Money doesn't come by making business because you lose money doing that. You have to work for someone to be safe and secure. And I always remember one time, I think i was about 13 or 14 my mother said to me never put money in a business because what you'll do is you'll end up losing it and people will talk about you and make fun of you yeah so that was the sort of brainwash not being nasty to mum and dad because they that's were the way society was isn't it yeah, that's, yeah. The way, that's the way society was so i always had that in the back of my mind So when I first sort of ventured into coaching, which was after my teaching job, I was on a high and I signed up four people all at once. And I thought, wow, this is amazing. And the mistake that I made, I didn't know it then, the mistake that I made was to think, this is too good to be true. This isn't gonna last. You're gonna lose all your money. So guess what happened? When those four were coming to an end, I thought, oh, I need to get some more now. And then it wasn't happening, because when you're in that desperate energy... Yeah, grab everything, energy. fizzle Yeah, everything fizzles away, doesn't it? And I thought, oh, no. And then, of course, you go back. Mummy says, don't do a business. And you even get to a stage... Well, I even got to a stage where I thought, well, this is like a punishment for me, because... I didn't listen to my mum. I didn't listen to the voice of reason. I didn't get a job. And then you so start berating yourself. Yeah. That's, That's cycle. Yeah. yeah, over and over. And the thing was, I was going back and forth into jobs because I was thinking, oh, well, maybe this is right. But something always kept pulling me out of there. Something, you know, told me that that was wrong. So, like, things would go wrong in the jobs or it wouldn't feel right and I left and all this and that because I knew deep down. But my big problem was having that bridge between, you know, going out there and proving it. And I think there's a lot of people out there who want to do their business. They can see this big grand vision, Mm. but the thing that knocks them sometimes, the things that knocks them down is they don't have the faith in the in-between part when they've said, right, I'm going to leave my job and I'm gonna do something else. They let the fear take over before they get to that final stage. And that stops them. So if there's someone listening now to this and they've got that fear, don't because your fear is not the truth. Just keep going back and listening to those body signals. Just keep having those quiet times and really tune into your intuition because that's the truth. Even if you're the only one, who's believing it and more so if you're the only one who's believing it you've got to believe that doubly triply I think as well that it's really important to
0: surround Mm. yourself with other people on the same journey because nobody around you in your real life well very rarely I don't think I I've ended up with a coach happening to live locally that came she was she was a part of one of those intuitive steps for me along mm-hmm. the journey onto this path. But I yeah. don't know anybody else doing any of any, anything like this. So, no. so it's important to surround yourself with people doing what it is that you want to do as well, so that you're getting perspectives from all of those people and not from the people who haven't got a clue what you're even talking about.
1: <laughs> yes, definitely. And I, I think that's a conscious part that you have to make of things. Like I think if there's too many negative people you know, think about everybody in your circle. And some people need to be turned from a two-hour person into a five-minute person if you can't get rid of them altogether, because your energy is also important. Or to take yourself out of the type of conversations
0: that they might be leading you into, or to change the energy of the conversation, I think it's helpful, isn't it?
1: Yes, or like when they start moaning, you think, Oh, is that the time it's been so lovely to see you?
0: <laughs> and anyone listening to us now, you know that's why we do that.
1: Yeah, of course.
0: <laughs> Are there any practices or rituals that you do, that you incorporate into your daily routine to align your energy with abundance and financial prosperity?
1: Okay, so the very, very first thing is, The morning is your crucial time. So you wanna get your mind and your body full of positivity, full of intuition before things start happening through the day and kicking in and ruining your energy. So first thing I do every morning, I will do 10, 15 minutes of meditating and 10, 15 minutes of journaling. And in my journaling, I will ask those powerful questions. So I'll ask things like, what do I need to get rid of today to get to where I'm going on that journey? What do I need to replace it with? And a really important one is, how do I need to be? Because a lot of people forget that. They think it's all about do and they forget about be. And be starts before do. Because when you're being, you get the intuitive light bulbs the kicking in for that the action that you have to take Mm. and often it's far different action from what you'd be thinking of oh i've got to do this i've got to do that i've got to go through the motion like we said about doing something completely illogically but having Mm. that faith to trust in it and those are the things that get you there much faster those are the things that can even cut down a big 10-year goal into a five-year goal even i've seen
0: people even change that to from 10 years to one year which is shocking (laughs) i've seen i've watched people do it
1: exactly cutting things down from 10 years into one year yeah
0: oh um and another thing that came to me then to mention is that when we talk about the being Mm. we don't mean go and sit and lay on the couch every day and just expect it to drop in your lap because you're wishful thinking it's not the same yeah
1: no exactly <laughs> you, you so do to,
0: have to take actions action. don't
1: you? <laughs> yeah so to get to give an example then being for me is um embodiment so it's the rich female entrepreneur so i'm constantly thinking to myself what what is she doing how is she thinking what she eat? is she looking after her body is she taking care of herself is she um you know uh making the right decisions in real time on a day-to-day basis before i jump into a decision i think right what would me as the rich female entrepreneur do and then i can alter my behavior in real time so it's a constant thing it's a con think about your ideal self who you want to be and step it it's, it's almost like taking a rope you know like because you were yeah i
0: think that that's role. why certain things have happened for me because I've become I've become what it is that I want to embody and it's been quite easy in a way because because I I have been an actress so I know how to step out of the 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 Katie that that could be laying on the couch feeling sorry for herself because of the pain that I do endure because it's not as if all of that's gone away for me so no. I'm, I'm not miraculously cured of my conditions, my physical mm. conditions, mm-hmm. but I've had to find a way to be yeah. be who I want to be while still in this reality, which is another important thing. Because I think yeah. a lot of people also think you've got to 100%, 100% cure yourself to be the perfect pure channel for no. these things to come through as well, which can put people off. They can think that they, they're not ready, they're not good enough, they're not able enough.
1: Yeah, this is it, and you find a lot of women like that. Yeah, because so they'll give up this. Yeah, they do because they've given this thing about perfection. So in terms of women, it's not just we get all the bull that the guys get. Like you can't make certain money. It's also gonna be you're perfect. You've got to put yourself to the back of the queue, and when you do do something, it's gotta be spot on because you you have to please everyone else. And then if yourself happens, it's a bonus. Mm. Hmm. People pleasing. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> the game changer. <laughs> if you Definitely.
0: Remove that. Yeah. Oh that yeah. Helps massively. Yeah. Another question I've got for you that I wanted to ask in this series is, can you share any advice or tips for individuals who are looking to shift their relationship with money and integrate spirituality into their financial journey a bit more?
1: Yeah, okay, so going right back to the beginning then, um, to the, the integrating the spirituality bit, that would be the first part of the equation. And I think if you're not doing that already, you need to make your quiet times a non-negotiable so that you can hear the things that's, that are coming through. You can hear what your intuition's telling you. You can think about those big juicy dreams. Maybe um you, th- you your dreams are limited, but all of a sudden, when you sit and you open yourself right up and you clear all that energy, some big light bulb could come. Your big, big, big dream could come. You could find out what your purpose is right there and then in one of those quiet times. So if you're not doing that, have at least 10 minutes of quiet time per day. And then that that's going to be your base. What you hear from there is going to be your base. And then looking at the money side of it, I would sit down right now, get a pen and paper and think about what do I think about money right now. I went on this course, it was years and years ago with a lady called Marie Claire and she was doing something similar and she got us to hold up a note of money and ask it three questions and the three questions were, the first one was money, how do I feel about you? Money, how do I treat you? and money what would you like to tell me now juicy questions i've got shivers hey they they were juicy questions i just got shivers yeah but yeah they they are they're such juicy questions because they're the things they get right to the heart of what's going on it's no faff you're not like writing down something for six hours you're getting right there you get into the question and once again you're making these big leaps forward and you know if a person sat there thinking i'm no good with money Mm. i would say to them write down all the times that money has come to say in the last week write down all the times that money's come to you even if you found some coins on the street that's still money coming to you you're in that energy you're opening up for more don't discard anything don't say, oh, well, it was only 50p, or, oh, I only found a pound there, or the bank um, corrected an error in my favour, it was like five, but still, all those things add up, and gratitude comes in here such a lot as well, because when you're doing that, that gratitude is enhancing the flow of money that comes to you, so it's all on a cycle, so write down those things, do it over the last week, all the money that you got and you'd be surprised and you'd look at that and you would feel grateful. And then that would open up your energy for more money.
0: That's wonderful advice. I know gratitude practice is my daily non-negotiable. No. Because it's so important and recognising the things that are not necessarily monetary, you might think, you know, you're not even thinking about the money. But when people give you gifts, they have a monetary value that you may not even be appreciating, exactly. Or any discounts that you get. Just all those little things—they all add up, don't they? So appreciate everything. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I think that's probably the biggest, the biggest gift that that to yourself. Yeah, to change this. And. Helen, mm-hmm. what are your hopes and visions for the future of spiritual entrepreneurship and the energy of money in the collective consciousness?
1: So my hopes would be that we get this, we redress the balance so that we tip that balance over of people who are being non-intuitive with money to intuitive with money so that we do properly get that ripple effect going right across the collective with money. That we get people being more creative with money. That we get people, um, you know, following their purposes and their passions and knowing that that is the way to abundance. And even right back to the smaller level, that every woman or every person gets to know that, you know, abundance is your birthright all this talk about scarcity lack gets wiped out because it's not the truth so for every person to see their truth about money and then go out there and start living it thank you helen is there anything else
0: that you'd like to share with us today that we haven't already talked about
1: Well, the last thing I would say is to, if you've enjoyed my conversations, if you think I can help you, um, we've got two really good programs. The main one is the Rich in Your Own Right program, which is a beautiful 90-day transformation. And you start off at one place, you come out at another, but you have those tools that will get you the money over and over and over again and you do embody that rich female it's all about embodiment on that journey getting rid of the things that aren't going to get you there and opening up to your intuition so you're making these big leaps forward a lot faster and for those who don't want to right now commit to 90 days but are just sort of opening up to their intuition and wanting to see how it works we've got um, a smaller version of that which is our income igniters program And people can come and book a discovery call with me if they want to know how to smash those blocks fast and spend more time living the way that they want to live, a life full of joy and abundance. Wonderful. Where can people find you, Helen? So all my links, Katie, they're all on Linktree. So it's linktr.e forward slash Helen Louise Adams. And you'll find everything that you want to know there. Just dive in, enjoy, and if I could help you, I would be honoured to. And those links will all
0: be in the show notes. Thank you. Thank you for today, Helen. Bye for now.
1: So ask yourself, is this for me? Give
0: some memories. Learn to trust your intuition now. Thanks for listening to the Soulful Valley podcast. I trust that you will have heard something today that you were ready to hear and that it's made you feel a little lighter, more aligned and connected with your soul's purpose and you have been reminded of who you really are and the true nature of the power that you hold within you. My aim for this podcast is to bring love, light, wisdom, raise consciousness and ease suffering. If you've enjoyed the show, go back and listen to some of the back catalogue of previous episodes. Subscribe, follow, rate and review so that you're notified when new episodes drop in and share this podcast with anyone that you think it may help to listen to. You can connect with me at soulfulvalley.com and if you scroll to the bottom of the website, there are links to my social media platforms.